This is the audio podcast show 129, Fruit on Mute. It's September 2014. He looks at his calendar and realizes it is the 17th. Yay! Hey, uh, I just got the reference of the title. There we go. It makes sense to me now. I am Samuel Freeman. That was Scott Hewitt. We also have Adam Yanch, and we have news. Um, I don't think we have enough other, and there is a bit of plunder. This is the audio podcast. Yes, and uh, I don't get the, the title, but I might get it during the end. I remember a couple of shows ago, I got it right at the very end. Uh, of course, audio podcast, you can contact us. Uh, best ways are via email and Twitter. That is show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk or at the audio podcast, respectively. And we've also got, you know, you can catch us on Stitcher and iTunes and Gpodder. Um, and, and that's basically us ready to go into the news. Well, let, let's get straight into the news. And you know what? Whether you like it or not, you have to have the news first. And... Yes, and whether you like it or not, you have um, iTunes users have to have U2 albums put onto their computers. Uh, yeah, so basically... Um, we had the Apple Keynote, the iPhone iOS Keynote, um, last week. Of course, the, our show was recorded just before, so we didn't really have any news. We got some. Not much audio news, but one thing that most people haven't liked is that uh, a U2 album will be downloaded into your iTunes uh, without your permission, it's done automatically, and it's very hard to get rid of. Um, uh, not everyone is is uh, actually that doesn't happen to everyone. I don't think it's happened to me because I, I probably unticked the box or something like ages ago. But yeah, Apple are trying a new way of forcing music on people. <laughs> I think that it's all been automatically added to the library of every iTunes account, but because of the cloud way that that works, you would have to say, yes, I want to download this to my device. I don't. Does, was it actually downloading automatically? or maybe? It, as I understand it, people would just have their iTunes open and then all of a sudden, look, there's a U2 album. I, I've never had any U2, U2 albums before. There's one there. Um, yes, and... but, with, but to get the actual data, like, you know, it, it appears in the library, but to actually have the files, you would have to consent to synchronizing that particular album from your cloud. Well, yeah, it might have been done through an, an iCloud tick box, and I have refused to use iCloud because when it started it was a big mess, and uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's the clunkiest of all of the big cloud storage things, so I just refused to use it. So maybe mm -hmm. that's why I haven't received it, but um, a lot of people have received it, and as a method of disseminating music, uh, interesting, with quote marks, but distasteful as well. I think it's not a... Uh, I think, I personally, I think Apple made a mistake in doing that, because I, I don't know, I can't really explain why but right now, but it's it's like... I suppose your music library is this cherished thing that you build yourself and, you know, you make sure that it's to your liking and you, you pick, craftily pick the music you like and then Apple just go and put a U2 album in there. I think when they introduced it 
in the keynote, they kind of, it was right at the end of the presentation, and they said, oh, and by the way, you know, music's really important to us. We were hoping for headphone stories and headphone releases and, like, <laughs> yeah. things connected to the whole Beats thing, but there was none of that mentioned, but they did, at the end, have this kind of statement that we're really, like, Apple's really about music, like, in a really big way. And so yeah, and then they doing that without actually giving it a year. Well, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, we like middle of the road so much. Here's a free middle of the road U2 album, and uh, and that's the things actually the the album is mixed reviews I've seen online. Uh, I've put a link in the show notes, of course, the show notes, the audiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash one two nine, a link to a uh, article by the New Yorker, which is basically a track by track rundown of the album, and it's very funny because the uh, the the person doing it was just like, yeah, this track's not as good as this track from another U2 album, uh, and basically saying how bland it is. Uh, well, none of us on the audio podcast have listened to it, though, I believe. No, and U2 albums are not really on my uh, plans to listen to ever, to be perfectly to be perfectly honest. Hmm. I guess they can be fairly confident this is going to be a, a kind of not particularly well-pirated album, though, maybe. <laughs> Maybe at the lowest rate of people dealing with dodgy copies of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Uh, the other thing is that in a few weeks' time, it will actually be taken off free uh, download, auto download, and be put in the iTunes store to be purchased. So it, it would be it would be funny though if in like you know a thousand years or something like that, when people are considering the uh, you know are looking through the music history of various things, they. You know, this is this is the U2 album that doesn't exist because it was, you know, given away free, so nobody bothered to pirate it and keep it. So it just. Well, Adam was saying about when it changes, when it it is going to be released commercially in like physical copies, CDs and LPs and things will be available, and it's only then that it will appear in like sales charts things. Currently, you know, despite the number of people that have access to this album, in terms of the way that music success is commercially measured is in the number of people buying it and currently nobody's bought this so it doesn't count it doesn't feature but you two have had a very large amount of promo put their way you know it's well, like who was I'm talking sure about you two a month well. ago so it's it's good for you two they've very likely been paid a significant chunk by apple to have their music given to everybody for free yeah, they're not uh, and going to also, give that album away, are they? So that's just not. Yeah, I have a feeling this is like a kind of, oh, this album is probably not quite good enough to just release on its own. Let's just let Apple, you know, do what they want with this one, and uh, and you know, it'll be pressed for us, and they'll give us some money and all this kind of stuff. Uh, this is all speculation. I have no idea if that's actually true, uh, and I think we should probably move on. Well, I, I would do, but I, I just wanted, I, I have one interjection to make here, which was that I, lots of the blurb around this was there of people being outraged by having music forced on them. But I just thought it would be worth pointing out that if Sony or Microsoft had made this, had done this, then what they probably would have done is not just kind of downloaded it into your, on, onto your device or anything, but what they would have done was made it so the device played it continuously at all times. <laughs> Just never uh, no, I don't think so. Continuously on 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 like repeat forever. You, see, you say that would have been the uh, the Sony release of this item. You say, oh, if Sony had done this, if Microsoft had done this, well, Sony and Microsoft haven't done this, so there you go. They actually had the sense to be like, you know what? 
let's not uh, give U2 music to everybody because, you know, maybe they don't want it. Anyway, to... to there is a way to get rid of it, though. There is, there is now an easy way. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll add list, a link to this in the comments of the there, there news story. Is, there is a link in the... Oh, have you done the, the, the SOI remove link? Uh, there is a... Well, there's a, a link to the Apple documentation because Apple, originally, they didn't tell you how to do it. It was really funny the few days after the release because riding high in the BBC News uh, best... Um, best articles of the time uh, list was the article on how to remove the U2 album from, <laughs> from your iTunes library. So uh, lots of people were looking to get rid of it. Apple finally relented and actually put some official information up. But is there another way? Well, yeah, the, the shortcut to the, initial, to the official way is iTunes.com slash SOI dash remove. Uh, oh yes, that's right. That's the shortcut. Uh, we've got the link to go straight through to the um, to the article to the, the support article in the notes. But cool. guys, let's move on to some proper audio news. So I'll take the lead on this one here. Tascam have announced some new handheld recorders. Um, I, I have in my hand right now the DRO5, which I've had for many years. A number of the audio podcasts over the past few years have been recorded on this as well. I see Adam's holding up is a, a different one as well. Which one's that, Adam? It's a Zoom. <laughs> stuff. It's, and it's Sam an probably has a recorder as well. I do. I have my Yamaha Pocket Track C24. So we're all very diverse here at the audio podcast. Indeed. So, so we all have our little, our little kind of candy bar, slightly bigger than candy bar, and really... Really small candy bar kind of <laughs> recorders, Ooh, and Tascam have released some more. Now, all the companies are releasing these kind of things, kind of every now and again, all the time, and they all kind of iterate. And at times, it's it's hard to get interested or not hard to get interested or excited about them or not. But I saw this new story came up, and I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I want to replace the DRO5. Now, that's a big statement. I've been very this DRO5 has been incredible. This is it's just such an incredible product. And what they've done is released the DR22WL and the DR44WL. And the interesting feature is they've added Wi-Fi to the hardware. <gasps> so what this means is you can now upload files from the hardware directly to the Internet. You could um, transfer files onto, onto, onto any other sort of device that has Wi-Fi in it as well. And they also claim that with a later software update, you're going to be able to stream audio from the recorder to a device as well. So sort of stuff. In addition to that, you can also remotely control the recorder as well. So you can actually tell it when to record, set its levels, and those kind of elements as well. Now you might be thinking, I don't really see why you're so excited about this, Scott, or things like that. But for me, this is the thing that would allow you to put your recorder somewhere and then record an entire event while capturing audio from it, and you can... You know, the problem with these recorders has always been the fact that the very first set were a bit kind of ropey audio recording-wise. This sort of generation, DRO5 upwards, always had great quality audio. But the problem was, how do you get this in a place, in a sensible location, without having had to press the record button an hour before you want really want to? And that's where having the remote control via the Wi-Fi is going to let you do that. So you'll be able to set it up, a good position for recording, and then, you know, when the show when you know the show starts, whatever it is you're recording, you can just press record and that will be it recording and you'll be able to pause it and start it again between tracks and all that sort of other sort of things. So I thought it was pretty cool. 
Um, they're also now set at 96K 24-bit as well for the two devices. And the difference between the 22WL and the 44WL is the 44 is the one with the two XLR inputs on the bottom of it, as well as the stereo, as well as the XY, cond XY condenser pair. And that one also actually now comes with a, multi a proper multi-track ability as well, so you can record one track at a time to multi-track up some elements as well if you want to. So, and I have a question. Pretty cool. I have, a, I have a question here, because that does sound... Uh, at first I was like, oh, okay, all right, remote control recording, that kind of thing. But now I kind of think, is there an API of some description, or is, is there some way that you could connect it up to Max MSP or something like that, and, and for, for you to be able to start recording, like, not just over the Wi-Fi network, but make it an Internet of Things device and be able to say, I could start your recorder from here. So it, it's an announcement, not a release. So the hardware doesn't actually isn't actually in the wild, and I haven't played with any of the bits of hardware. I've just been been putting the bits of information there. I suspect in the first instance the answer is going to be probably not, but I suspect that will be by omission rather than deliberate intent. So it's the kind of thing that seems to me to be completely obvious. Like, you know, th there's no reason for it not to for it not to exist, and it would be a really cool feature if it did. So yeah. I, I'd be hopeful that that kind of thing would exist. I guess the other angle to it, though, perhaps, is with you know mobile device, iOS devices and things like that having so much kind of, you know, the ability to run more than one application at a time now, there might be an argument that says, well, you can remotely tell it to, to start streaming with its own app and then get the audio streaming in from another location, you know, through the sound, through the kind of audio subsystem as usual. So perhaps that you know that kind of argument will win through. But And this I, kind I of thing actually it works for you very well, Scott, because you said before how how you're you just don't really quite get why you'd use an iOS device to record stuff like that. But this is like use the iOS device as a remote control to record something somewhere else that's situated somewhere else. And then you can still use your iOS device to do everything that you were going to do with it, check your calendars and receive phone calls and do all this kind of stuff. Of course. But, you know, I, I know we've come back to this a couple of times, saying this, if, if I have the two devices, you can see, like, you know, it, here's a phone, an S3, here's a DRO5. The S3 is designed to be a phone, and everything about it says I'm a smartphone and I'm designed to be held against my head and to take photos and things like this. Whereas the DRO5 is designed to be a recorder and as a consequence, it's very different. Like the microphone capsules are huge. That's, they're, they're big condenser capsules. That's what it's designed for. And then this thing does, you know, this can record for almost 20, over 20 hours off a set of double A's, whereas this struggles to stay on for more than 12 hours in any form. Not to mention doing anything for that. Sort now, of uh, now, audio podcast listeners, those who aren't watching the uh, the YouTube feed or ha well, watching the YouTube feed in some way, you've just missed the, one of the most wonderful things where Scott put his phone up to the camera and his recorder up to the camera, and they were having a little conversation. They were kind of talking to each <laughs> other. So we've kind of you you've missed out on that, but you can. If you want to go back and check us the audio podcast out on YouTube, episode one two nine, and you can see that exact thing happening right there. Um, next story, please. Next story, please. Well, here's one for Adam that might be of interest to for yourself or people such as yourself recently moving house or in those sort of adventures. 
Mm-hmm. The, there is a, a Don't Stop the Music Appeal, which is being run in collaboration with a TV program that was on Channel 4, I believe, and Oxfam, which is um, a project to get people's old musical instruments that they no longer use given to schools so people could learn how to play the instruments. Now, you may think to yourself, hmm, I have some concerns about that idea, Scott. Please, let's... Yes, I do too, but let's just carry on. So if you have some old musical instruments and you like to give them to a school so somebody in the school could learn to play them, then obviously you probably could have just actually done that. But if you prefer, you could... You, Oxfam will help you achieve this via this Don't Stop the Music appeal. Okay. Um, However, the, the for thing our to... listeners, they don't take keyboards or electric guitars or any other electrical products. So anything that any of our listeners would probably want to give away. <laughs> well, apart from like an old knackered guitar. Yeah, I, I, I actually, pretty much all of my stuff is has electrics in it. So even if I was wanted to give it away. I, it wouldn't work in this case, but if you know, if you've got an old trombone somewhere that's just lying around, or or a sousaphone or something like that, get on it, get on it. Cool. The other thing that they probably don't take is uh, is software, but that's fine because uh, Summit Audio have released uh, the TLA 100A on the U- UAD2 which I believe is a hardware processing platform. Indeed so. Spitfire Audio have also announced the release of a brand new uh, sound library called EDNA01 Earth. Um, I have to be be honest that um, I suspect that this will have a lot of sounds which will sound very similar to the sounds being made by a number of these fledgling students that we've just referred to. it, it's it's a kind of collection of here's sounds that we have that they believe are unique sounds and then they process them in a variety of creative and unique ways to make some synthetic sounds from them. Um, there you go. There's a YouTube video about it and an extensive piece of blurb which even in itself references the fact that this may well be the best hyperbole ever written, which for that reason alone is the reason for its inclusion within our show this week. It's called Edna. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, it strikes me that this is like a, a, a music technology student's shortcut to uh, finishing their composition thing or something. I don't know. Um, do listeners will remember last week that we had an interview uh, with... Isotope. Um, and uh, they have now released RX4, which was the product that we were basically talking to the chap about. What was the chap's name again? Matt. It was Matthew something. Matthew Hines. Hines. Yeah, Hines. Maybe. Sorry, Matt, for forgetting your name. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, as expected, week. they have announced RX4, which is currently on offer in terms of its price, so you can get um, RX4 for $299 instead of the usual price of $349, and RX4 Advanced is currently at $999 US dollars. Woo. And that is a kind of no- a thing that gets rid of noises and allows you to de-noise de- your audio. Is that right? Like Photoshop for sound. Photoshop for sound. I remember that being a significant part of the interview last week. 
And last week also, did we mention this uh, Thunderstorm 3 HD professional sound effects? I feel like we've already talked about it. It, it was in. It was yet to be released and was in its kind of beta version at that point there, but the full release has happened. 118, 24-bit, 96K WAV files of North Idaho lightning strikes, thunder, distant rain, and thunderclaps from the recorders. There we go. Adam, tell me more about iPods, because we started with unplanned Apple news. Let's have more. We, we will start. We started with some Apple news. We'll end with some Apple news. And this is sad news, because... The classic iPod, the one with the touch wheel, the uh, the wheel with the buttons in it, has finally been removed from sale by Apple. And uh, well, to be honest, you know, I'm, some people are surprised that it lasted this long, but it was the uh, uh, the iPod in the range that had the largest storage space. So there was a 160 gigabytes. So there were quite a few people who would have used that. Um, what are we at? It, it must be sixth generation. Uh, they released originally in 2002? 2001, I think. 2001. Um, I remember having a second gen, which was... Uh, if, you go to, if you're in the notes for the audio podcast, they've actually got it wrong. There's a picture above the article that says first gen, and then second and third gen is the one with the four buttons. Now, that's wrong, because the second gen was actually like the first gen, but... The first gen had a mechanical wheel, and the second gen had the touch wheel with the buttons around the edge, and then the third gen had the four buttons on the top. Anyway, um, that's I, I had one of those second gen models, and it was it was great because you could also use it as a hard drive. It had a FireWire port on the top, and you just plugged it in the back of a Mac, and you could back up your files to it with any set spare space. Um, but yeah, I suppose Apple see the uh, see the future in the iPod Touch, which is rumoured to get a 128-gig version fairly soon. So that's probably why the iPod Classic has met its end in a uh, in the line. So um, I, I, I'll be sad to see, to see it go, because I thought the, the touch wheel was a really, really good thing. It was a really good design. It was a really good idea. And actually, I prefer it to the touch screen in many ways. Yeah, you can't put your hand in your pocket and use a touch screen interface without getting out and looking at what's going on. Yeah, it was very well suited to what it was supposed to do, the, the, the interface on it. And it was also one of those classic Apple designs that was like, this is how you do it. This is how you do this particular thing really well. So um, uh, rest in peace, iPod Classic. Uh, you will always have a fan in me. Um, I don't know about Sam and Scott. Um, maybe not the classic, but I've got Nano with a similar interface. I suspect that these things are going to be supported in the software for a long time. I think that you could buy a second-hand iPod of any generation almost and plug it in via its 30-pin yeah. connection and synchronize it to an iTunes account and get your YouTube. No. Um, so when they stop supporting it for the iTunes software, then it'll be actually cut. That's 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 when it'll be really sad. Yeah, but um, also it's probably going to be the hard drives that fail. And the batteries, you can't change the batteries on these things, can you? They... Oh, can you not get battery changes done? Ooh. As far as I know, I seem to remember when I when I got the um, iPod Nano, I got was people talking about 
you know, what's... Oh, I, I think the big ones were okay for, for batteries, but okay. the, the nanos might have been harder to... Um, I think they would replace the nano rather than repair it because it was too hard to repair. But the, the big ones were... You could get the back off fairly easily okay. for, for an engineer. Uh, the other thing, of course... Uh, which has just completely just gone off my mind, so I can't remember what it is. Um, but it was something significant, something important, and uh, for next yeah. week. Oh no, 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 that's what it was. Oh. Rockbox. So um, doesn't work with all of the um, generations, but if you get one of the older generations of iPod, there is a, an an alternate operating system that you can actually download onto the device. Uh, it's called Rockbox. And uh, that allows you to do, uh, it extends the functionality. It's completely Apple wouldn't sanction doing it. Uh, but you can do things like play FLAC files and do all sorts of other things. So if you've got an old iPod classic style one, check out Rockbox. Maybe that will give it a, a bit more of a lease of life and get by Apple's uh, synchronization if they decide to not do it anymore at some point. Excellent stuff. So with that, we have concluded the news. There is no other section, which takes us directly into the plunder. Arg, arg. <laughs> so th this is um we for many many of our long term listeners will uh, will maybe be puzzling themselves as to exactly what makes something news, what makes something other, and what makes something plunder. So today we have a news item from today, which is part of the plunder. Um, it's, uh, Further expand the the reach of all of our categories, which I thought was particularly particularly fantastic. But um, it's just a little article here, which is about from the Independent in uh, in the UK, the newspaper, which has an article which discusses how increasingly artist revenues are actually coming from non-traditional sources, and one of the big ones is apparently um, payments for commercial commercial work uh, appearing at people's corporate parties or even appearing at people's birthday parties is now actually a significant uh, revenue stream for artists of a particular caliber. So I thought I thought that was quite interesting. What really caught my attention, though, is on the side of it, there is a little story about how um, a certain purveyor of food attempted, uh, suggested that they would, well, offered payment in forms of vouchers for their food, which I thought was an interesting... Uh, you know, an, an, an interesting moment, perhaps. And I, so I thought it was funny. Um, hence, it gave us a great title to be able to have the title for the article as Paying Musicians with Chicken, which I thought was a, an unmissable moment from an audio podcast uh, news item. Well, news, uh, you know, article title. So I thought we'd do that. It did also remind me, though, that, you know, the the days um, I've, I've, I've played many years as a musician and been paid in a whole variety of things, you know, I don't think I've ever been offered chicken directly, but you know, for for drinks or for food, perhaps, or for people's, but for you know, like a friend's wedding and stuff like that. I've done that kind of thing quite often, sort of stuff and stuff. But I thought it was interesting that multinationals are now, you know, large multinational companies are now attempting to pay musicians in chicken, which essentially is just not paying them. You know, it's here's something that doesn't cost us anything to offer you. Yeah. Or a lot less. Well, hold on. What what are the musicians doing for the multinationals? It's things like playing at people's um, 
Well, the the article talks about a whole load of situations. So sometimes it is they, they do talk about how various people have been paid large amounts of money to play at their Christmas parties and things like this. So I think in the chicken scenario, it was actually a festival that the company was organizing. Oh, okay. Um, a music festival that they were organizing. Um, it, it it's a typical UK press article, so it's not, you know, it's not very well referenced. There's a, a lack of kind of primary evidence inside it, but you know, such as it is. That was my <laughs> cat who was seriously protesting there. He, he, your cat would be like, I want to be paid in chicken. Chicken's great. He he he's exactly like that. He would he would play for chicken. Yeah. He's auditioning there. So. There we go. Anyway, I would recommend that you give an article, maybe have a read to the article. And um, it, it was an interesting, it, for me what was interesting was it was the fact the article saw both sides of it. One side was lots of, some people, a few people are getting paid lot, large amounts of money to play for questionable characters for their birthday parties. Meanwhile, at the other end of the spectrum, the majority of people are increasingly not even being offered the option of being paid and instead being offered kind of joke-like repayment in chickens. Well, if you get if you get paid the uh, the equivalent amount in chicken and not just in chicken but in vouchers, then you know that means you don't have to buy as much food. Just live exclusively on chicken for. for a well, I mean, it's kind of a form of bartering, not bartering, but. Is they're just using chicken as money? I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm. I, I understand, yeah, but it's like it's not like they're giving them like a, a bunch of stuff that's completely useless, like wallpaper paste. Hey, I'm going to pay you in wallpaper paste. It's like, well, that's no, that's no good. I did all my wallpapering last year. You know. That's true, but you, you know, certainly. The audio podcast should never be, uh, you know, shouldn't be your definitive legal source on this kind of information. But I suspect, <laughs> I, I, I suspect, if you were to ask your accountant, if you if you were to ask an accountant regarding this, I suspect that you would. My understanding of this kind of scenario is that you would have to pay. You you may find that you are liable for the tax for on the income tax. tax on the vouchers, even though they have been paid in vouchers. Well, hold on. You're technically. It doesn't matter. You should be. You should be claiming. Okay, audio podcast. You should be uh, paying your income tax, people. Well, yes, no, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> if I give you a thousand pounds worth of chicken vouchers, yeah. then what I've actually given you is a one hundred pounds tax liability, which you can't pay in chicken vouchers. Yeah, yeah, but you'd still have to if if you were honest and you claim that in your income tax, you'd still have to pay that tax. Well, yeah, but the, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that you can't pay, like, you can't pay... When, when, when you talk about how useful it is or not, and you say, you know, I understand the idea that you could barter your chicken vouchers, so perhaps I could take my chicken vouchers and barter them with somebody else for something else. But at the end of the day, you still, at some point, have to turn it into currency that you can pay your tax liability on it. Well, well, maybe maybe we should petition the HMRC to uh, accept payments in chicken vouchers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but th those people will also be paid in money as well for other gigs. It's not like their their sole money will be through chicken vouchers. 
it, you see, this makes me want to go back into this article. I, I want to go back into it. <laughs> back into the article. Are you going to read the comments? <laughs> Do you think the comments are basically exactly what we've just talked about there, about HMRC and wallpaper paste? And no, but it, it was the... I'm trying... I, wait a minute, where's the... the the, I think the issue with the vouchers was that it was some people who were not, um, you know, like, yeah. I, I, a part of part of what it was suggesting is the fact that the majority, like, there is a situation where some people are finding that the majority of their income is coming in this sort of form, at which point, you know, if you're earning more chicken vouchers than money, that's probably not really the situation you should you should kind of be in sort of stuff like that. And as some and, and as some some kind of alluded to, it's not really, you know, the beauty of paying people with vouchers for the thing that you rep that you know, for the thing that you are yourself is in the fact that they have one value which is their monetary face value, which is, you know, this is how much they're worth. They're worth the equivalent of this money. But they're not that money because you can only use them as those vouchers. And that's I... the beauty of that is that you can then say, you know, I've handed out a thousand pounds worth of vouchers, but those thousand pounds worth of vouchers actually you know, 70% of that thousand pounds is the profit we make by supplying this to somebody. So in fact, we've actually only, it's actually only cost us this trivial, you know, this much reduced amount of money sourced out. That's why. I think if you, if you actually go into it, they probably have paid you the right amount though. They're not, they're not getting, are they getting an extra profit by, by doing that? It's the, cat, the, cat the cat says no. The cat says no. I know it's you. You know what I mean. I I think I've you know without wanting to cast aspersions in any direction more than I've done so. There there's a reason why people decide to go for the complexity and the requirement to sell somebody something alternative. So if somebody was to say I'd like you to come do this and I'm like and you're be and then I'd be like and you don't expect me to volunteer and the answer is no we don't expect you to volunteer then I expect to be paid in you know I would expect to be paid in money of some sorts because that's what we pay people to do in things we pay I them think... with money and if they were then to turn around to me and say actually we'd rather pay you in vouchers please then you know what I mean like that's something that I then you know I would then immediately have to go and find out the implications of have, of that being done sort of stuff. Well, one thing is for certain, Scott, that is probably the longest we've ever talked about something that is so tenuously linked to audio and it's yeah. still, it's like, that was definitely an audio podcast story, but we were basically talking about chicken and wallpaper paste and, and money the whole time. So we've, that, that's a first. That's a first. <laughs> With that, we, we surely have made it to the end of this week's audio podcast. Show 129. Don't forget, you can find the audio podcast online at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. The show notes at slash show slash 129. You can find us on YouTube, Stitcher, Gpodder, iTunes. I guess we've talked about iTunes. We iTunes, yeah. yeah. Well. And you'll there. also find the U2 album on iTunes, even though you didn't want it. Even though you didn't want it. Also available. Uh, if you want to contact us, the very best way is just to send us an email, show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, though we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus as well, if you wish. I've been Scott Hewitt. This has been a complete blast. We are undecided as to whether there will be a show next week, but there will be one in the future. This is not the end of the audio podcast. We will continue <laughs> onwards. I'm, I'm Samuel Freeman. That is 44 seconds of um, outro. Shame I didn't time the chicken conversation. Yeah, but next time. Talking... 
the chicken conversation was part of the uh, the plunder, so that doesn't count. Right. Um, I the outro am, is now getting longer and longer. The, the, I, am, I am Adam Yanch, and I will continue to be Adam Yanch, and we will broadcast again. Goodbye! Goodbye!